0: Hey everyone, I'm Allison Lee, your host at CraftCast.com And on today's show, I'll be talking with Jonathan Tilly You're going to love what he has to say How to make a transition into being successfully a freelancer As well as I have some tools to share with you Some great music, some ideas So let's get started Show number 191
1: Starting the day again, oh yeah Letting the sun shine in, uh oh I'm going to dig within myself. Uh Uh-oh. Life may be never what you think, but I think I'll just go with it and create something new.
0: You. Well, hello, hello, everyone. It's always good to be back in front of the microphone sharing some fun stuff with you here from the CraftCast studio. Last week, oh, over at CraftCast.com, we had an amazing, all capital letters, uh, free webinar to open up the new season of online classes at CraftCast.com. We had 11, over 1,100 people. And as I saw someone's comments say, I was online with my tribe uh, and I ordered away. She said she had a little bit of wine and just ordered everything that we showed, all the different tools. (laughs) But we had a great time, great deals. Uh, And if you want to see that, you can go over to craftcast.com. There's about nine different fun new things, um, tools for the studio. You'll just love, I promise you. Uh, And one of the things that I came across... It's going to be on another upcoming I Love Tools if you are into alcohol inks and working with that type of thing. The chameleon markers, and here's what you need to know about them. They work sort of like a little bit of a Lego piece. You know, the magic marker looks like a regular marker, but you sort of pop the top off and flip it around and reattach because it does gradation. Yes, you heard what I said. So let's say you want to start with pale peach they come in all kinds of colors and then you um use it and it starts in pale but then it proceeds to get darker 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 so you can do beautiful gradations uh and blend them it's some kind of magic in there i don't know how it worked you know you can watch the video also online to see how it works but um it's there's a little magic in there i'm just saying if you've played around with um alcohol inks it's fantastic you're going to want to try it so there is a class coming up on craftcast.com sydney holt is going to teach this um it's polymer clay and silk screening but the deal is the way she can color them in again with these markers because they work great on polymer clay is creates amazing looks. so anyway if any of that appeals to you (laughs) go check it out over at craftcast.com you'll see um Just look up under uh, Upcoming Online Live Classes, Sydney Holt, and you'll see it. Silk Screening, these markers. Fun. And I'm a big fan of the kind of projects that you don't have to invest, you know, six weeks, 12 weeks to just get started. You can have something really cool and fun after 90 minutes with this. So check it out. Uh, Also, here's something else that I want to share with you. Uh, If you don't know, Cynthia Tinapple over at uh, Polymer Clay Daily. Uh, It's a fun daily update of Palmer Clay things. But why I want to share this with you is it's inspiration no matter what you're doing in your studio uh, to see what's going on in that medium. But here's the thing. Sign up for her Mojo newsletter. It's called Studio Mojo. And there's a little ad over there on PalmerClayDaily.com. It comes, which I love, Saturday morning in your email. And the thing is, it's not... It's so not just Palmer Clay. She scans the globe, the internet, the interwebs, and has little blips, little just links. Check this out. Did you see this video, uh, this book, this tool, this artist? And it never fails to uh, thrill me. I love it. Saturday morning, cup of coffee, and I look to see what's new uh, and learn something fun. Um. I don't remember what she charges for it. It's very reasonable. And, you know, if you don't like it, you cancel it right away. But it's a well worth the money, I think. It's definitely entertaining. Love that. So I hope you can use a few of those things. And come on over to CraftCast.com and check everything out. Leave comments. we got a rocking site going on over there with people making and, and learning all kinds of stuff. So enjoy. Uh, and so today I'm talking with uh, Jonathan Tilly. He wrote me... Um, I thought it was very interesting. He has a website by the same name and his goal is he helps creative people transition into successful creative freelancers, which I like that word because freelancers is different than entrepreneurial type of thing. And um, I definitely worked freelance for many a year, but he has, um, he really, if if you're thinking of doing something like that, which is, you know, it's a little different than running your own business business. can be a lot different, actually, but um, it's uh, a great way to segue into running your own business or to just segue into not working full-time so you have more time to work in the studio. Anyway, I think you'll love it. So enjoy that. Uh, But before we get to that, I have a piece of music today by someone I love, Grace McLean. Uh, This is on her album called Make Me Breakfast the uh, fifth cut called Haven't You Noticed. So I hope you enjoy that, and then come on back, and I'll be chit-chatting with Mr. Jonathan Tilly.
1: If when I see you, I want to throw up, it's just because each time I see you, you crawling through my corneas and I'm not used to somebody else swimming round in my blood, swimming round in my blood. If when you touch me, I sort of shudder It's just because your fingers feel like my fingers And I'm not used to somebody else As an extension of me As an extension of me Haven't you noticed we are a mirror? We are immersed in each other We are a miracle We are immersed in each other and I just love the things you're doing to me And I just love the way you're moving through me And I just love the way you wander wandering to my room Looking for me If when you kiss me I seem paralyzed It's just because each time you kiss me I sort of die and I'm not used to losing myself and becoming you, and becoming you. Haven't you noticed we are a mirror, we are immersed in each other. We are a miracle, we are immersed in each other. And I just love the way you see right through me, and I just love the way you just love the way moving through space Lovingly If when we're sleeping I open my eyes It's just because each time we're sleeping I realize that I'm not used to somebody else Simply being with me Simply being with me Haven't you noticed we are a mirror We are immersed in each other. We are a miracle. We are immersed in each other.
0: Okay. You know, I love these kind of conversations. Today, I'm talking with Jonathan Tilley. He has a website of the same name, and I love it. On his website, it says where he helps creative people transition into successful creative freelancers. So I love that. Thank you so much for talking with me today, Jonathan.
2: Thank you so much for having me, Alison. It's a pleasure.
0: All right. So first off, tell me your definition of freelancers.
2: Ah, oh, freelancers. Okay. So I would define freelancers in the sense of what they are not. So, freelancers are definitely not nine to fivers working in a cubicle, okay. waiting for to, waiting to turn sixty five to collect their retirement. That is not a freelancer. Got it. In my book, um, if you wear a suit and tie, you're probably not a freelancer, a creative freelancer at least. Okay. Um, if you're a freelancer, you probably don't have, you you probably have more of an inkling towards the right brain. So you're a little bit more creative or maybe a lot more creative. So, so yeah, that's, that's how I define a freelancer of what, of what they are not.
0: Okay. (laughs) And how do you differentiate a freelancer from an entrepreneur?
2: Oh, that is such a good question. Um, because I speak a lot at at many conferences, at some conferences are for entrepreneurs, others are for freelancers. and what I, oh, and I get this question a lot, actually. So I've sort of created my own little little conversation about it, and it goes something like this: I think a freelancer is somebody that's very right-brained that maybe needs a little bit of help with the left brain stuff like analytics and math and organization and structure. I think entrepreneurs are the opposite. The entrepreneur section have really strong left brain qualities, math, structure, vision, drive, but they're maybe lacking a little bit in the creative realm on the right brain. So I find and I like to go back and forth. So I I really enjoy 50% left brain, 50% right brain. So I think Freelancers and entrepreneurs could really benefit each other and sometimes we do when we freelance because we sometimes work with entrepreneurs who need the creative outlet for their product. Um, So yeah, I I find that dichotomy of of freelance and entrepreneurship quite interesting. I do
0: too. I I do too and I think one doesn't mean they're both for you. I think they can be very different. Exactly. Exactly. Now – Okay, so freelancers, we're going to take that term away from meaning it's just something you do in between your next corporate job. Mhm. I mean, that's the way I hear it. You yeah. sometimes or people use it as freelancing separate in addition to their regular day job. Exactly.
2: Like a like a side job or, side or maybe job. if they want to if they have their nine to five, if they have their, their regular job, but they want to transition out of it into freelance, then, you know, you work weekends, you work nights on your side job, which will turn into your full-time job once you transition.
0: All right. Here's the other thing I've discovered. I'd like to know your opinion. Yeah. What do you think is the biggest, um, fallacy about what you'll have when you freelance?
2: Oh um the biggest fallacy that I think that people think when they go freelance is that it's going to be all fun and games and that it's going to be just pure creativity which which it is which I mean you have you're you're, you're your own boss which is such a wonderful thing but also when you go freelance it's your job to make sure that the jobs keep coming in it's the left brain sort of thing it's yeah. the it's the just making sure that everything's taken care of on the business end. So once that's taken care of, then you have the freedom to create. And I think a lot of people forget that or f- creative people get so inundated about that that it they just feel like throwing their hands up in the air and, and just saying, I don't know how to, how to go forward with this.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've heard many people think that it's going to be a, a – um, which it's sort of true, but not really, that all their time is their own. That they sort of have this endless time off then to do what they want when they're freelance. Yeah. And I always called when I was really a freelancer of my own business freelancer kind of thing. We called it unemployed when you were not. <laughs> 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 Not on a vacation. The only way you could go on a vacation was you knew your next freelance gig was coming up in two weeks. Exactly. And then, now you could go on vacation. Otherwise, you're just unemployed. Yeah. So I think it gets you know there's that in there. Now, when you're working with people that way, what is um, their biggest fear then about freelancing?
2: I think that their biggest fear is when when's the next job coming in? You know, and yeah. and to go back to to dovetail. The last question into this question, the whole freelance thing is so romantic, isn't it? Like, oh, I have all this time; I'm going to right. be creative, and it's right. beautiful. Where at the end of the day, it's like, oh, geez, the rent needs to be paid. Right. So, what am I going to do? So, I think the biggest fear that people have is is when's the next job coming in? You know, or how do I get the next job? How do I reach out to people? How do I build my list? How do I create more of a client list? and continually give to them, give something of value to them or be a resource to them without feeling like you're a jerk or like you're spamming them when really you're not. But a lot of people are are so petrified of reaching out to to new client prospects because they don't want to come off unauthentic. Um, Yeah,
0: like the old uh, used car salesman. Yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, that's true. That is a – yeah. And how do you help people with that? That's a real, that's a very valid point there. Desperate is what comes up. Yeah,
2: exactly. So there's, <laughs> there's either, you know, I think there's a lot of creative people just waiting for the phone to ring, but they're not putting in the effort to get the phone to ring. Um, and I believe that, that I think this is a part of everybody that we're so afraid to reach out. We'd rather be asked, but sometimes well, especially if you're a freelancer, you need to ask. So I've noticed this myself and I've noticed this with all of my creative friends that are freelance and, and through research and through trying different things, I've actually created an online course of helping creative people reach out and build their client list. And write awesome cover letters that rock instead of make you feel like a used salesman. You right. Know?
0: Oh, that's a good idea. We're going to have the link to that everyone who just heard that. Not to worry, in the copy. So awesome. Um, awesome. Yeah, people can take that. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a big. Um, you know what? It's so funny. I'm hearing you talk, Jonathan, and I'm like, oh yeah, I'd be nerve wracking going freelance. And I realize, wait, I've been my whole life that way. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. I forgot. <laughs> 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 you know what? I. You know what always came up for me was that. I always thought it was more insecure to work someplace because you could always be fired.
2: Yeah, totally. I mean, the, the, when those days are over, I mean, we, we're living in 2015, not 1954, where, yeah. where you know, you, your dad said, go to college, get a degree, get a nine to five job, and retire when you're 65. That's security. That business model no longer exists. And if it does, you're living a lifestyle like in 1954 and not 2015. So, and and with cutbacks and unemployment and you can lose your job within two weeks or maybe sooner, exactly. you know. So so going freelance is is actually you have so much more control over yes, the I situation. Agree. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think another thing that um people don't realize see if you agree with this, is I was talking to someone I'm not gonna name drop, but just just call famous you'd know the name. And he said that um he still always had to make the phone call. You never, you can never wait to have the phone ring. And I think we assume when you get to a certain place, people will call you and and that's not true.
2: No, not at all. I think it's, it's so funny. The whole, when you understand the rules of the game of, of TV, film, whatever, you know, when you understand how it actually works, then the fantasy is gone. The romanticism is gone and you just go, okay, so this is, so this is how, how, it runs. All right. So I can, I, I can play this game too. And it's not a game as in a smarmy, you know, used car salesman. It's like, Oh, we all have to do this, you know? Right. Like for example, last year, uh, two years ago, I, I applied to do a TEDx talk and I got the chance to do it and it was great and it was a wonderful time. Do you know how many people have seen my TEDx talk and said, Oh my God, how did you do that? And I said, uh, I asked,
0: yeah and congratulations and it's great people should watch that as well. Thanks thanks.
2: Yeah. But but then it's just like you know you have to put in the effort. You have to ask, you have to reach out to people to get what you want. Otherwise it's it's people clients aren't mind readers, they're clients.
0: I, I, listen and I always think that um you know, having been on both sides of the fence of someone who needed to collect content to publish it, that you hope people will have a nice package and come to you. You just made your job easier. Totally. Yeah. I think people forget that, that that's their job. It's if you show up with everything in order, it's like, oh, thank God. Yeah, we'll we'll take you. That's somebody
2: finally gets me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh, I think it's really important that way. All right. So when you're working with people, where is the biggest aha moment that gives give people an aha moment about building a, a clientele? Like lots of people listening are artists; they make things, and I think what I hear is the um, block called um, how to sell their first piece. That seems yeah. to be a really difficult, you know, thing.
2: Totally, such a great question. Um, I think that there is this this thing of when we reach out with our work, with our creative ideas, with our creations that have come from such a sacred, deep, vulnerable place in us that that we're bringing out into the world. It's very, very vulnerable. It's very, we're, we're very much attached to our work. Now, the thing is, if you reach out to five people and those five people say, thanks, but no thanks, you feel crushed. But there are 7 billion people in the world.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> and I think just statistically, this is a very left-brained, statistically, if you reach out to 1,000 instead of five, you're going to get more feedback. You're going to get the same amount of rejection, but you're also going to have the opportunity to get more yeses. And if it's not a yes, it's going to be a not right now. Or if it's not a not right now, it's a, hey, I like your work. You might want to work on this and go in this direction. And once it's done, please show me because we'd like to feature you in something else. So I think the problem that, that most creative people have is that when we reach out, it is full of anxiety and 100% 100% of our self-worth is invested in it yeah. when actually we just need to let our, our pieces of work go and share it with the world without wanting anything in return. And when it does get picked up by somebody, then that's a wonderful thing. But to constantly put keep putting yourself and your work out into the into the world. I mean, Picasso, he was amazing. He would just do something and then throw it out into the world. And mm-hmm. he just produced so much so quickly that... It was the, that's, that's what picked up and, and, and that's what sold. And, and it was just amazing to, I'm a big fan of his and I used to research him and everything. And, and I just think we, we get so caught up in the sense of, oh, nobody's going to like me when, when we have all these wonderful outlets to showcase our work and give from a place of abundance and know that the more that you give, you will get something back. And just to continually... Put yourself out there, and it is vulnerable, and it is scary, but it's not the end of the world if somebody says no. It's actually feedback, which is very, very important for our work.
0: Well, I'm a big fan of the vulnerable place. I think vulnerable is your best strength. So yeah. it's you know, it's going from that point and putting it out there, even though it uh, can be a little upsetting <laughs> – <laughs> yeah. Go your way. Yeah. But the um, I like what you said about the left brain and the numbers part. It's true. It's a numbers game. And if we can put some of that emotion over in that arena. Yeah, exactly. Like, easier, like get yeah. excited
2: about about sending out to a thousand people instead of five. Be like, exactly. Geez, yeah. I have a thousand people that I want to send my stuff out to. This is amazing. And and the amount of of, you know, opportunities that we have with the Internet to get those thousands of people. Is we never had that ten twenty years ago, you know? So I know I love that. So it's such an asset.
0: I love it. Yeah, I, I, and I think you know. I listen. I never before I started my business, I didn't even know there was the business to business because yeah. I didn't have that in my background. I only knew from creative, and I found that embracing the business can also be creative. Totally. Yeah.
2: Oh, so creative. The business, the business side yeah. of it, you know, yeah. because there's no, there's no structured model. I mean, there, there is, you have to make sure that the rent is paid, but Correct. you know, right. there's so many creative ways of making that happen, right. you know, and the way that I run my business is totally different to the way that somebody else's run, runs their business. Right. and And I find that that's so refreshing and, and so interesting to see that what works for me might not work for somebody else and vice versa.
0: Right. And I, and then you can learn from that person as well. What exactly. They're doing. And, and that I love. That's why I love talking to everyone to see what they do that's different. I want to touch a little bit on – I love that you have on your site called Embrace the F Word Failure. <laughs> now, I believe like all the classes that we have at CraftCast.com are taught by masters. But what mm-hmm. they're really teaching you is – not their failures,
2: <laughs> mm.
0: they're teaching you what they learned because they failed a million times exactly right exactly. So what do you tell people when it's like what's your what's your thing on failure what's oh,
2: that's it's it's so funny because I do a lot of public speaking, and that is the number one most requested talk for me to really? do really, yeah
0: because yeah. it's so it just goes
2: to our insecurity place of like totally yeah and it's universal i mean i've have given that talk to entrepreneurs i've given that talk to freelancers i've given that talk to to economists i've given that yeah, talk to it's the same to, anywhere it's the same anywhere you know and it feels exactly the same
0: it right? feels terrible i mean yeah. I, I know that one of my biggest ones. And it makes me laugh. And I have a joke with my son. I did my first keynote speech and I knew it was terrible. I felt like a total failure. And when I talked to him, he could tell from my tone of voice, he's like, Oh, how long are we going to be in this mood from that? Yeah, It's
2: like, yeah. I don't
0: know. It could take a while.
2: Yeah, exactly. But,
0: but being then, able to what do you it, learn from it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. What yeah. you learn from it. That's yeah. exactly it. You know, you got to, okay, so you failed, failed you know, right. I don't know one single person that could walk the day that they were born. It's it's not possible. Right, right? Exactly, exactly. We just don't remember it because we were babies. Yeah, so it's a good- we've become so accustomed to having everything so quick and fast and go, 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 exactly. and success, yeah. success, success yeah. that we rarely have the opportunity to really sit down and, and just fail for a bit or screw something totally up and just yeah. be like, you know what? I screwed up. Yeah. And I'm going to mourn it. I'm going to acknowledge it. Yeah. I'm going to ask myself, what can I learn from this? Yeah. And use it as a learning curve to not do it again until you hit success. So, for example, um, you, you, know the, you know that spray can WD-40? Yeah,
0: I do. Mm-hmm.
2: Do you know what the 40 stands for? No, what? 40th attempt.
0: I love that, Jonathan. Yeah. That yeah. Is, so, is that true? Do you really it's know? true. <gasps> it's totally true. 40th attempt. So
2: so WD-40, we never heard of WD-33. We've never heard of WD-7 (laughs) because those were all failures. We know WD-40 because it took the 40th attempt until they actually hit. Or what about the number 52? Angry Birds, the game Angry Birds, needed 52 attempts until it hit success. It needed 51 times to fail until it hit success on 52. Or the number 1,526, Dyson, the vacuum cleaning company, They needed 1,526 prototypes until they hit success. They must be really patient people.
0: (laughs) I love that.
2: So these major companies have had to go through massive amounts of failure in order to get to where they are now. So when we get crippled because we send out our work to five different people and five people say, no, no, thanks, not right now. Come on grow up. It's time to really put yeah. put on your big person pants and, yeah, and yeah. here we go. Let's yeah. do it. Yeah. You know. And but everybody goes through this. They just don't talk about it.
0: Yeah. Oh, I I'm a big fan of talking about it because I like to get to crying and then laughing because yeah. you know. And then okay, so what can I get? I do think there's gold. I really do in every single failure. Like in that case of my keynote speech, I didn't know that you could do a good one. I didn't know the structure behind it. I didn't know it had structure. So then I was on a whole new learning. Exactly. Yeah. I think there's always gold in every single thing, every piece of feedback you get.
2: Totally. And I mean, even think about, you know, when you're crafting something, when you're creating something, it could be, you know, the silliest thing from Cookies, you know, baking cookies, and you leave the cookies in too long or too short. Oh, okay. Well, now go. I know. Yeah. You know, yeah. the simplest things yeah. to like stubbing your toe to not putting on your blinker when you do take a left turn, and then yeah, you get yeah. beat at. You know, th- those are failures that we can learn from. Little, small, everyday failures, and we can learn from them, and and then relate that to the other larger failures that happen in our lives, and say, hey can we just laugh at this and learn from it and move on so we can hit more successes?
0: Yeah. Oh, I, and just to admit to it too, I think all yeah. helps, you know, it was really bad. I really, really, that was so bad. You know, it usually isn't as bad as you make it to be, but it's fine to just feel it that way. Exactly. exactly. I love that WD 40 thing. I have a whole new back <laughs> for it. I'm going to take that can out and put it on my desk.
2: Yes. As a trophy.
0: Yeah. I love that. <laughs> all right. So now here's one, um, one other thing you talk about, which I love this, Freelancers' financial freedom. How not to be a starving artist? I hate that term, starving artist. Yeah, it to me too. Me should be removed. It's like what up with that? Uh, you know, really no. So what's your what's your thing on that?
2: I think with starving the the term starving artist. I think it's it's the fear of selling out, or what selling out means. It's sort of like the opposite. In the in the corporate world, when they say the man working for the man, which is yeah, such yeah, BS, yeah, yeah. you know, so this whole thing of starving artists, oh, I'm, I'm, it's a it's a labor of love, it's it's yeah, my yeah. passion, but I don't want to get paid for it. Yeah. I just go, okay, so you enjoy being on the borderline of homeless, like, okay, some
0: people do, some people
2: do, <laughs> some people yeah. do, and they yeah. love it, and, they, and that's fine. But yeah. I think the whole starving artist thing is is. Once again, the romanticizing of it where I just go, you know, we've been put on this planet for a reason and whatever artistic thing that is or whatever creative thing that is, you were given that gift. You know, I'm horrible at math. Horrible. Do you think I went to Harvard for math? No. Of course I didn't. You know, I went to Ithaca College in Cornell for musical theater and dance, you know, and that totally fit to who I was. Right. So I think – it's our strengths that we should really reinforce and say, "Hey, I stand by this, and this is who I am." And and when you ask for your prices, you know, when you when you say, "Hey, this is how much I, I charge for the work that I do," there should be pride in that. There should be, you know, this is the price. You don't go to the grocery store and say, you know, "Oh, that that gallon of milk is one fifty. Can I get it for seventy five cents for yeah, half yeah. off?" Yeah, you know. Yeah. It, so it's the same thing, but because the milk doesn't have a soul and doesn't have feelings, it, doesn't, it can't you know, price dump itself. But we as artists, we very often have the tendency to price dump ourselves. Here's one trick to not price dump yourself or when you're trying to ask for proper rates. When, you sit, when you're on the phone with somebody, whenever you say your price, whether it's like $100 – did you notice how my voice went up $100? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which sounds like a question. Yeah. So if you say my price is, pause, $100 and land, go really slow and land it really deep in the gutter of your chest voice, people are going to go, oh, okay, their price is $100. Great. <laughs> Even if they wanted to pay, 75. So that's a little trick for you guys.
0: That is a very good trick. I always notice that when people will say their name, and if it was me, my name is Allison Lee, it's like, are you sure?
2: Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: It's, you know, stated with a with a finish at the end there. Yeah. Well, I also think with the starving artist thing, listen, it's our job as artists, I put myself in that category to make sure that, you know, people will, if you keep that thought in your head, people won't pay you that amount. I mean, certainly in the world of acting, I'm aware of, you know, that you're supposed to give it away for free or work for, you know, dollars. Um, there's something that, we allow it to occur and it has to just as artists you have to keep saying no the value is more so it's yeah. you have to do it just to make it all work for everyone
2: yeah i think so too i think it's such a great word value what's the value does it for me it. the value is this for somebody else the value is maybe less or maybe more or you're you're going to get to a point in your creative career where you know you're just not challenged anymore and the money's coming in and it's okay, but you're maybe not being challenged anymore. Right. What really entices you is something a little bit higher up, which maybe has a little bit more value to it, which probably 99% of the times is going to be more expensive or your 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 prices might be a little bit higher because you want to add or share that, that much more value than before. So I think it never stops. You never make it, quote unquote. I just think it's the thing of – the amount of value that you're offering or the amount of value that you're taking from it depends on the intrinsic value in your heart and your soul. And there's a monetary price to that too. And I think being starving artists, it sounds romantic, but we all need to pay the rent. So
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's, it's not romantic. It's, just, I just want to cross that word out.
2: It's me? hungry. Yeah, and exactly. Nobody likes to be hungry. Yeah, You're
0: hungry. You need food is what you need basically. <laughs> so yeah, that's done. Um, what was I just thinking about with, um, with artists there and, oh, um, that you just need to um, constantly, you know, Look at yourself. Put out the value and state it the way it is, and get the feedback, and on you go. It's like, uh, and then it's keep you know keep pushing yourself. I think that's the other thing. Yeah. Some people think as a freelancer, if you have a job, I've heard this, you know, when um, people I know are working, and say, "Oh, you're all set," because you know they think looking at someone, "Oh, you're all set now. You have that." And I don't think I think that's another fallacy. You're never set. You know, it's a constant, organic, changing type of thing. And you know, people who keep moving on and doing stuff, it's because they're asking, like you said. Yeah. You know, it's they're pushing the envelope that way. And I think that's one of the trickier things to have people understand is their own push, pushing forward that way.
2: I totally believe that. I think we need to push, drive, hustle to get where we're going. It's our job to do that for our inner artists, you know. Like pretending that you're you are your own inner artists agent like you are the Uh agent for your inner artist. And, you know, and and sometimes you can, you can land a gig or land a a row of gigs and be like, Hey, I've, I'm really comfortable and it's nice, but gigs usually end. Everything is non-permanent, you know, so everything's constantly changing. So sometimes you might plateau, sometimes you might stagnate, but we always need to be looking out for the next possible job that can come in and, and not in a spammy use carsman sort of way in a sort of way of like, Hey, where's the value that I can add? Where, how can I be a resource to somebody? How can I create something that is just, that blows my mind that I never thought I could do and be a part of something bigger than, than me as a whole.
0: And, and I agree 100%. And you know what? Also, I think in there, Jonathan, that people don't – that not everyone sees until you're in it is how much – how generous you have to be in giving away also for free. Yeah. You and I are doing this podcast together, but we're doing it for free Yeah. because that's what we do. But we know that energy will promote the other things we do that people exactly. are really interested. So that's a big part of it as well, which is great, you know, to um, get yourself more out there and, uh, and you know – more people find out about you that way
2: exactly and just to just to reiterate you know we are doing this for free but there is an intrinsic value for me i feel like i'm making an impact on your listeners i I hope i am at least you know right right. and i want to share where i am up to in my journey with with your listeners and and that's the impact of giving that and value that i want to Bring across, you know, and you can't put a monetary value on that. Correct. True, there are things that, that you can put a monetary value on, uh, but giving an interview, I mean, most interviews, unless you're, you know, an ex president of the United States, are usually free.
0: <laughs> right. Right, but I just wanted people to understand that that, that doesn't fall into the starving artist. There's plenty exactly. of ways to give away free and generous because exactly. you are promoting yourself that way. Yeah, that's a different totally. type of thing, and it's really totally. important. Well, I'd love to hear before before we finish up. You're, um, you talk a lot about your sacred space where you create, and what do you mean by that? What do you think works, or what do people need, or or how does that work?
2: Mm, such a good question. Oh, that's great. Um, so we're creative people. We are connected to our inner artist, our genius, inner creative genius, whatever you you want to call it. And that thing, whatever it is, needs to be in a sacred space, you know? Uh, When have you ever seen a dance rehearsal happen in the middle of Times Square in a traffic jam? When have you ever seen somebody write a novel underwater scuba diving with sharks, you know, so the place that you're doing your creative work in has to be a place that you consider sacred, you know, rarely uh, do you have the chance to really clear out a room or find a space or a table or a chair or somewhere in a cafe and really just make it your own. And if you just, Stay aware of your surroundings and, and the areas that you create in. I mean, sometimes if you're in, if you're in a uh, crowded cafe, you might put earphones, earbuds in or, or listen to, to soft, gentle music. You know, that's another way of creating sacred space. And by honoring your sacred space on the outside, the environment that you're in, and, on, and having that match your sacred space on the inside for your inner artist or your creative genius, you can get some really great stuff done. You can create some really awesome stuff. Like, so, for example... For me in my office, in my studio, I used to work from home and there's a – I'm actually here. I'm actually home right now because it's the evening time. Um, In my old office space, it's now the guest room, but I've transitioned my creative space into an office space outside of the apartment because I needed a space that I could just call my own 100% without any – Distractions without mm-hmm. you know, the mm-hmm. post, postman saying, hey, can you collect this delivery for the neighbors because we know that you're home and mm-hmm. every five mm-hmm. minutes mm-hmm. mm-hmm. is verbal. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have my own lovely office space that I just treasure and I do a lot of writing and the majority of the time that you know, the only time that I do that I really do my writing is when I'm and it's this really weird ritual. I have to sit on the couch in a specific <laughs> position <laughs> with two and a half pillows behind me, two and a half with my white blanket on top of me, covering my legs, and my French bulldog Dexter sitting between my legs, and I have my my laptop on my lap. That is my writing position. I God. cannot write anywhere else if I'm going to do some really, really deep writing. And uh, so that is the way that I create sacred space for my for my writing. And and I think if you notice how you work and what your flow is and what your rituals are and what your sacred space is on the outside it's going to make you feel oh so good on the inside and that's how you in a nutshell that's how you create sacred space
0: (laughs) no i love it well it also makes you show up to create i mean then you have it you know because it is Hard, You know, you were mentioning all that and way back when I used to design um, advertising and catalogs and everything, you have to create from the abstract world. So yeah. how do you actually do that is sort of crazy when you think about it. So I had to sit down with magazines and the way I started working was looking through magazines, which would look like someone to someone else. Uh, you don't look like you're working. <laughs> you yeah. Know? But it put my brain in the place where I could think abstractly. And then start. So, and I think if you show up in that place, you'll start making work.
2: Exactly. And that, to go back to the romanticizing, oh, I'm a freelancer, I'm creative, you know, I'm just doing my free thing. No, you're, you're sipping lattes and smoking cigarettes. (laughs) You know, but but if you, if you show up for the work and even if your process is flipping through magazines, which is work, it's creative work and how you describe it. Yeah. You show up, you are making yourself available to tap into the creative process and you have a space to do it in. You have your own, your own creative process of, of getting deeper into whatever you want to create and that's so necessary and so important. Otherwise, you just create something half-hearted and not be really proud of the work that you've done.
0: Well, I think what you just said is great. You're making yourself available to tap into the creative process because so yeah. many people dance around their studio space or whatever i've yeah. been there we all do it but you make yourself available when you're setting up the yeah. sacred space has nothing to do with going to a church or it could but it's what it is for you to allow the process to start exactly yay we figured Amen it all out that, yeah. <laughs> we did it we figured it out all right so now i this is one of my favorite topics, so I love it forever, but I want to make sure everyone knows um, your your site, and it'll also be on my site, so you can click through, but it's your name, Jonathan Tilly, correct? wWwcom yes. dot, dot And tell everyone again some of the classes you have that they can sign up for online.
2: Great. Thank you so much. So, yes, my main website is jonathantilly.com where you can learn all about me but i do have a couple of e-courses one being about list building which we do every winter and every summer we have summer and winter semesters of the six-week course and the course is called league of list builders l-e-a-g-u-e-o-f-l-i-s-t B-U-I-L-D-E-R-S dot com.
0: And And this is for people to get more people on their list instead of five and go for the thousand. Exactly.
2: Or millions of people. You know, it depends on on what area that you're working in. But this this online course is a six week online course for business course for creatives on how to develop long lasting, deep, and powerful working relationships with future clients. And you have every day you have a little task to do. The whole process is broken down into daily bit-by-bit things. Mm-hmm. We even have stuff on the weekends where it's not really work. It's more sort of like playful stuff, but it also ties into this building, which you maybe not have thought of before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what's wonderful is that you can sign up for, the, um, for a freebie. You get 22 free videos from the actual course, little sneak peek snippets of the course to see what it's about and, and just to check it out and learn something for free. That's fine. And then the other course is the Sacred Space Sessions, which we just recently spoke about of creating sacred space for your inner artist. Mm-hmm. And you can find all the information there at the sacred Love
0: it. I knew it would be fun talking to you.
2: <laughs> I knew it would be fun talking to you too. <laughs> it
0: was a pleasure. Thank you so much, Jonathan. Create, create, create. I say go I'm going to go to that sacred space shortly.
2: Awesome. Thank you so much.
0: Take care. Well, I hope you enjoyed. My talk there with Jonathan, I know I really did. So go check out his site, the same name, jonathantilly.com. And uh, lots of good stuff to look at over there um, and enjoy. And then for all of you who have the app for craftcast.com, great bonus question today. So you might want to go. It's worth buying the app just to hear the bonus question. Where I asked Jonathan, "What's what's the most important step, the first step, before you go freelance number 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 one thing got to do it so you can get that information uh you can purchase the app over at uh, the iTunes store under CraftCast or you come over to the CraftCast site and um, when you're looking at the uh, podcast page there's a link there so there you go everyone now I'm going to close I'm love you you know I love quotes and sort of things that make you think make, things that make you think so I love this very simple one that I saw uh, today when I was leaving the gym. Yay! Went back to spinning class. Yay! My quote for the day, seen as I left the gym over the door. Leave doubt behind. I love that. Simple and true. When you start doubting, just leave it behind. Just leave it behind and move forward. (laughs) Alright guys, so there you go. Until next time you can find all the links for today's show under craftcast.com under the podcast menu. You can leave a comment there as well but you know what I have to say. Remember get your butt in the chair and keep crafting.
1: Just get yourself right into your chair Come on listen You can learn To create something new It starts inside you